catching you up on the latest stories that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning. I'm Sarah Sowers, and this is The Point from WUFT News. In the past three weeks, there have been quite a few changes in the Gainesville City Audit, causing some local confusion about a letter from the state, Commissioner's International Travel, and the annual budget. Independent Florida Alligator reporter Aiden Bush joins me to explain where tax dollars are going and why residents shouldn't worry. There were a handful of different kind of financial decisions and, I guess, financial surprises that came out of Gainesville City Commission within the past few weeks or so. Um, I had seen online um, a handful of Gainesville residents were very um, kind of concerned and, you know, rightfully kind of uh, kind of either confused or upset, given that a lot of these issues involved, you know, their tax dollars. What does the state have to do with the city audit reports and why does it matter now? The state audit committee sent a letter to Gainesville basically stating that our financial reports, which is just kind of your detailed list of every sort of expenditure, every sort of bill, you know, revenue, every employee salary um, that Gainesville had, you know, done for the 2020 to 2021 year, um, they had not received that report yet at this time. Um, Gainesville is not the only city in Florida that is late on their financial reporting. Uh, I believe Gainesville Sun's article said there was like upwards of 40 other uh, municipalities that hadn't. However, uh, the kind of alarming part of it is that if the city does not get in those reports by December 19th, the state uh, said in its letter that it would be uh, willing to withdraw uh, funding. Um, however, uh, I know Poet said and he's also, in addition to just the mayor role, he's also on the city's audit committee. So they're the ones directly in charge of kind of dealing with this external state report. They had said that they were hoping to get a lot of those issues resolved by as early as late November. Um, I believe November 30th was uh, what they mentioned, but that they are going to have a meeting December 13th to kind of address that. And it is at this time, they had said they're still 100% expecting and planning to get that information in before December 19th. So switching gears a little, can you tell me more about the controversy over the upcoming travel of some commissioners? David Ariola, Adrian Hay Santos, and Lauren Poe, uh, the two commissioners and the mayor, will be going to this international city conference called MuniWorld um, in Israel. Now, um, I think one pretty common criticism levied toward them is that all three of these commissioners are term limited and they are leaving just a month prior. So um, the trip is in early December, like I said, they'll be sworn out early January. And so there's been a lot of concern as to whether or not that sort of learning or that relationship is helpful in any capacity, given that three of those officers will no longer be serving city government anymore. Commissioner Cynthia Chestnut had expressed concern in a kind of one of the emails to the commissioners, basically worrying that it would, would take funds from the incoming new commissioners who will be filling their positions. Commissioner Ariola and Commissioner Hayes Santos both said that that is not how the system works. They said that when the new commissioner is sworn in, they have their own budgets. Overall, how is the city budget changing now that we've entered this new fiscal year? And did the election have any impact on where funding will go? The budget did change. Um, I believe it was an over um, 780,000 net increase in funding. But some of that is coming from new sources of revenue. For example, the wild spaces, public places tax. Um, as a result of the election was raised from a half cent to one cent, which gives the city kind of more funding for infrastructure like road repair, environmental issues, 
affordable housing efforts and especially for the development of some of our natural parks and kind of green, you know, forestry areas here. And so like a, a part of the budget, for example, that changed was that they then provided increased funding in that area as a result of that change. So a lot of it is just accommodating for new sources of revenue or accommodating for expanding departments already. I, I think it is really important to stress that like, these are pretty routine every few month, you know, kind of just adjustments to the budget. Fire rescue and law enforcement saw pretty significant increases in funding. Police, uh, the, the police department increased by $767,000. So that's Gainesville Police Department. And as far as budget cuts, because there were, uh, you know, a lot of areas that significantly also saw less funding. Despite that wild space of public places tax, the Department of Parks and Recreation and Cultural Affairs um, will now have decreased their budget by $1 million. And the Strategy Planning and Innovation Department also saw reductions by around $805,000, as well as transportation saw $704,000 uh, decreased. I would say just kind of the close is, given how close a lot of these items were to each other, it was very easy to conflate them, or you know, I, I think there might have been some kind of misconceptions or just general perception that all of these items were linked. But what you see is all of these items all of these are separate individual items that just unfortunately happened around the same time. That was Aiden Bush, a reporter for the Independent Florida Alligator, explaining recent controversy over Gainesville's audit. You can find his story on alligator.org. Now for today's top headlines. Florida has the fourth lowest rate in the country for adults getting the updated COVID-19 booster shot, according to the latest data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. WUSF reports rates for kids and teens are also below the national average. Only Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama have lower rates than Florida. A coalition has petitioned the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to increase protections for manatees as populations continue to decline. WGCU reports the petition urges the Federal Wildlife Agency to reclassify the species from threatened to endangered under the Endangered Species Act. Pollution-fueled algae blooms sparked an ongoing mortality event that killed more than 1,100 manatees in 2021. Manatee experts predict that high levels of malnourished and starving manatees will continue throughout the winter. Post-election, the League of Women Voters volunteers have a new task— clearing up campaign sign recycling drop-off sites. Spectrum News reports an effort to recycle plastic campaign signs is growing and currently available in Orange, Seminole, and Volusia counties. 18,000 signs were gathered for recycling during the August primary, which is equivalent to three times. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Sarah Sowers, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a nice day.